you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 247 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's lost again. So we had that one win. That was fun, and now they're playing the Astros again. So welcome back to reality, everybody. Um, I'm going to go over this game. We got more injury news. Uh, I have my second part of my conversation, second and final part of my conversation with the great Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. Um, So that's what is on tap for today for you guys. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me on Saturday at 1 p.m., Pacific time, because uh, that's when the game is. We're going to be talking about the game. Uh, who should be the A's closer with injuries that I'll be talking about? All of that fun stuff. So join me on Saturday at 1 p.m. local time to get in on the action. And that is locker room changing the way that we talk about sports. Also, if you like uh, the way that we talk about sports being changed, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app. So you can get alerts on when I go live on Saturday. And also, if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So first things first, I have to apologize to George from Michigan. He emailed me and said, hey, how long do you think that AJ Puck is going to be on the team? And I said, as long as he's performing okay and he is healthy, he should be on the team no matter what, is my assumption. I think I said that in so many words. Um... And AJ Puck is now on the IL. He has a bicep strain. We don't know how long he's going to be out right now. Uh, There's no timetable given in the piece by Martin Gallegos on MLB.com. So uh, that stinks. The A's called up Diolis Guerra as a replacement for Puck in the bullpen. I'll get into his outing here in a little bit. But first, let's just start with everything. Uh, Let's start with the game. Let's go with the game. The Astros won 6-2, which... If you remember last weekend, not nearly as depressing as before. Cole Irvin went five and a third, gave up five hits, four earned runs. He walked the last batter that he faced in the sixth inning, and he also struck out three. So overall, he had a really good outing considering how badly the Astros handled him in his first outing on Saturday of last week. So uh, this one was a nice step forward. His stuff looked a lot better than his stat line would suggest. And after the game, he said that he was had a really good feel for his slider and his curveball. He got a bunch of whiffs on that slider. He had five whiffs, and those were the only that was the only pitch that he got whiffs on the entire game. Five of them came on that slider, so he had a nice feel for his slider. He also said he liked his curveball. He didn't throw it nearly as much, but he had a nice feel for it, and he was working on throwing strikes uh, in between starts, and you could see that it paid off in this start in particular. He he got into trouble a little bit when he elevated, and uh, when he was down in the zone, he was on it with this club, and that that is all good stuff. I, I liked the in-between because they had just seen him and just ate him up pretty good. This was a much better outing, and I know that the stat line wasn't great. You know, five hits in five uh, innings. He walked one. He gave up four. But if you look at who did the damage, uh, 
Michael Brantley had a single, which didn't really matter, so cross that one off. Correa hit a home run that was only a home run in two parks in baseball, so that was a cheapie. That, that's a Houston special, if you want to call it that. Uh, Jordan Alvarez got a double on him. Carlos Correa got a double on him. Those were back-to-back, so that led to a run. Uh, then, in his last inning, Jordan Alvarez took him deep, and Carlos Correa got a walk. That was all of the damage that was done. It was Jordan Alvarez and Carlos Correa. Those were the only two batters that were giving him trouble, so... Maybe he'll have a better plan of attack going against those two guys in particular his next time out, and we'll see what happens from there. I believe if I'm doing the math, oh, I mean, the math isn't that hard. <laughs> I think that he's, his next start will be on Friday at home against the Detroit Tigers, so that should be a nice, let's see what he's really got against not a division rival and not the friggin' Houston Astros at this point. Uh, with the loss, the A's are now 0-5 against the Astros overall, and they are 1-7 on the season. Not the start that any of us had planned on, but they're, they're showing signs. I know that, that the final score was 6-2. That is not great, but it was not 8-1. It was not 10-1. Uh, they, they limited them. They, they limited the Astros just enough for me. Uh, Christian Javier, he struck out a bunch of guys. He looked good. Uh, he went five innings, gave up three hits, walked two, struck out seven. Good for him. But let's talk about new addition to the club, Diolas Guerra. He came in, he pitched two innings, and in the spring, he, he got called up because along with Ramin Goudouin, he also had a nice spring, and it was between the two of them for that last spot in the bullpen, and it ended up going to Goudouin. He is now on the IL, and now Guerra gets his chance to prove his worth in the A's bullpen. After a really nice spring training for him, he went six and two-thirds innings in spring. He gave up three hits. He walked three. He struck out 12, which is definitely eye-catching, and he, he didn't allow any runs. He had a zero ERA by the end of spring training, and that had to have caught the eye of Bob Melvin in the front office. Uh, in his official introduction to being an Oakland athletic, he gave up a home run to the first batter that he saw, Jose Altuve, but then he sat down the next six in order with two Ks, so overall... Let's call it nerves for the first one. And then he settled down. He did okay. I'm intrigued to see how he rebounds and how he is in his next outing. Maybe there's another one coming for him in this series. Or maybe he has to wait until he has to hold a lead against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are really struggling. And I'm very much looking forward to facing them at this point. Sure, it's only two games, but two two wins might be on the table for the A's. Those are going to be fun games to watch. Must-see TV. And we'll be tweeting them along with you guys at Locked On A's. Uh, so, yeah, Raymin Goudouin looked okay. Carlos Correa, though, he went two for two with a home run, a double, and a walk. That's really good. And Irving arguably shouldn't have started the sixth in retrospect. That is something that, it, you know, he'd been pitching really well against everybody else. But with Jordan Alvarez coming up, uh, he, he gave up a solo shot, like immediately. And then Carlos Correa walked right after that. And then Bob Melvin came with the hook. And J.B. Wendelkin, can we get this guy a clean inning, please? He's always coming in in trouble. He allowed a couple of runs. Uh, one of them was inherited. So uh, that did not help the situation whatsoever. But uh, yeah, I... I think that you probably pull the plug on Irvin, give him that win, or not the, the win overall, but you know that the win for the outing. At that point, he had gone five innings, given up two runs, and that would have been a much closer game for the A's. Uh, give J.B. Wendell kind of clean inning. That's all that I'm asking. Uh, getting over to the injuries, though, because we got to talk about him. Chad Pender is week to week, and we will not know more until the A's return home next weekend. So uh, he's going to be on the IL for at least another week. Trevor Rosenthal was transferred to the 60-day IL because he 
he had the surgery that we talked about, the thoracic outlet surgery. Uh, they removed a rib. It is intensive. Uh, go read Martin Gallegos' report on that on MLB.com. It gets into all the nitty-gritty on that one. Uh, I, d- I don't have time to get into it right now. I apologize. As I said, Puck went to the IL as well with the bicep strain. So uh, nothing, nothing great injury-wise for the A's. And because this is becoming a running joke three shows in a row now, uh, I said a couple of shows ago that Jed Lowry is a vampire. A bunch of guys went on the IL. He was hitting the crap out of the ball. And then in Wednesday's game, nobody went on the IL that day. He went over. And then in this game on Thursday, he sat on the bench. He was not playing, but... A.J. Puck had been placed on the I.L. and Trevor Rosenthal on the 60-day I.L. He came in, had a pinch-hit RBI single. I'm just saying that three points make a line, you guys. This is undisputed fact at this point. Jed Lowry is a vampire. My wife made potatoes for dinner, and they were loaded with garlic because we are taking precautions. So if I go missing, come look for me. I am out there, and I'm not ending it on this because I don't want that to be Melissa's uh, segue for this time. But uh, I I do want to end on uh, one thing that I noticed and then a couple of nice things that could be become bigger things coming forward. So I'll just tell you what they are. Uh, Matt Chapman looks like he's trying to pull pitches that are on the outer half of the plate. That is not how you go about this. That's not how you get out of a slump. That's not how you go about hitting. You got to take it the other way if that's where they're pitching you. He has to just go to the opposite field. And I think that he'd be a much better hitter. That's the next step of his evolution at the plate. And that's that's what I want to see right now because it looks like he's trying to yank everything and it's not working for him. Uh, also, Mitch Moreland, he hit the snot out of the ball a couple times. He had exit velocities of 99.1. That was a line out that was right at Jose Altuve who was playing basically in right field. And then he had one of 97.6, which ended up being a single. So that was good. Elvis Andrews also hit the crap out of the ball. He he had one at 103.2, which was a ground out because it was a negative seven launch angle. So he hit it hard and at the right time, just not at the right angle. So maybe if he can adjust that swing path, that could lead to some success because it looks like he's got the timing down just okay. And then he also had another one that was 99.7 off the bat. And that one had a 690 expected batting average. That was a fly out. So uh, that stinks, but maybe positive things coming around the line. Uh, I also mentioned in my uh, my Locked On Now video, those are things that we do after games that I feel like doing them for. <laughs> uh, I mentioned that Matt Chapman had six left on base by himself. The A's had 15 left on base. Not great, obviously. Matt Olson, I'm, I'm giving him a pass in this game just because he'd sat out the last couple, so his timing wasn't quite there. He did watch a strike three, so that wasn't uh, you know pleasant, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a pass on this one. The A's had opportunities in this game, and if they can keep keep filling up bases every now and then, they're going to get that big hit. And once they do, then I think that the offense is going to just be uh, unbearable for other teams. So watch out for it. And if I have to make a pick to click for the entire offense to get jump started, I'm going Sean Murphy. Dude doesn't have a hit so far this season. I know he missed a few games, but I think... Sean Murphy is my guy. Once he goes deep, the entire offense is going to rally around that and they're going to they're going to go buck wild. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Watch for Sean Murphy to hit a home run and then uh and then the A's start winning a bunch of games. So that's what I am looking forward to personally. Uh coming up on the show, I got two parts with Melissa Lockard of the Athletic. So we're talking about potential bullpen solutions down the road and also breakout prospects. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. 
Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing, so is the NHL. Swings are what happened in baseball, and you can place bets on baseball too. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head over to the website at BetOnline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to go visit the website too. And when you do, make sure to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And if you use the promo code locked on, that is how you get that 50% welcome bonus. So make sure you use the promo code locked on on that one. And that is why everybody says bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. As promised, here is Melissa Lockhart and I talking about a bunch of random things. You're going to enjoy it if you like minor league baseball or the A's or me or her or the two of us. It, what, whatever you like, you're going to like this conversation. So enjoy. I was poking around, you know, and preparing for this last night, uh, just on the Las Vegas Aviators website, and I clicked on roster, and they have Lazarito or you know Lazaro Armenteros yeah. on the roster. Is is that a that, typo, or is he like legitimately no. being pushed? From no, like... that's that's a procedural thing. So okay. those rosters are are in part left over from who was protected on the AAA roster during the um, minor league portion of the Rule Five draft. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that the Rule Five draft works is, you know, you protect guys by adding them to the major league roster to the 40 man roster. But then there is a second wave where um, there's a whole minor league portion of it. And guys that are on the triple a roster can't be picked in the triple a phase of the Mm -hmm. draft. Um, Usually we don't see who is protected at that level Uh, for whatever reason um, the sites actually did show up. So there you'll see, there's a few other guys from Lazarito's signing class that are on there that are nowhere close to triple a level. I mean, I think, some of them haven't even played at, at low A yet. Um, but that was just for purposes of them not being picked up um, the way that the A's got Brett Graves back um, in the minor league portion. He, he must have been on the double A roster for the Marlins. And so they were able to grab him and, and put them on triple A. So, yeah, ignore that almost entirely. <laughs> Anybody who was in big league camp that's on that roster was actually assigned there, you know, coming out of that. That still doesn't mean that that's where they'll be when the season actually officially starts, but that's where, you know, within Major League Baseball's um, current rostering system, that's where they would be. So, but until an opening day roster comes, anything that's on that site is not really accurate. <laughs> I had a feeling that they were not going from, you know, high A, when, when it was high A Stockton to triple A because yeah, no. he had mixed <laughs> results and they were just going to advance them that it looked weird, but also Christian Alvarado, who, you know, he was uh, one of the non-roster guys. I was like, maybe he could be in triple A, double A, triple A. He's, yeah. he's a tweener right there. And then you got Colin Thoreau. Uh, he was on there. I was like, let's see. But also there was no like Grant Holmes, James Caprelli, and, you know, they were still missing like some guys yeah. for sure. So uh, I was very dismayed by it. I was like, yeah, no, ignore, <laughs> ignore almost all of those things. Um, procedural. In fact, I, I think you, you probably would have seen, you know, there's a, a site that retweets every minor league transaction. Um, it's called MILB transactions. It's, it's extremely helpful, but it did get a little bit confusing the last week of camp because players that had opt-outs of their minor league deals that they signed as, as minor league free agents 
were opting out and then being re-signed by their team like a day later. And so it looked like they were being released and were going to be free agents. And in fact, it was just a procedural move. So a lot of those things are just procedural moves. That, yeah. um, it, it'd be nice if they let us all in on why they have those rules. But um, yeah, so um, the, on May 6th is the official opening day for AAA West. Um, mm. I look at the roster then and not any day before. It <laughs> <laughs> is usually how that goes. Um, so out of Miguel Romero, Wanda Sincharlis, and uh, Brian Howard, who makes it to Oakland first? And uh, is there a reason for that? They've all looked yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, I think Wanderson is the one that needs the most time. Um, yeah. You know, he's uh, got an incredible arm um, and he's made huge strides in terms of being able to throw the ball over the plate, but um, his command still isn't big league ready yet. Um, but, you know, he's only had like, what? I think it was two and a half months um, at double A, you know, before um, in, in 2019. And then, you know, obviously the season last year didn't happen. So, um, you know, I think he's, he's definitely someone to watch, but I wouldn't be shocked to be started in Midland again, you know, this year anyway. Um, Romero looked really, really good in 2019, all things considered. I mean, he spent that whole season in Las Vegas and his ERA was under four, which for, you know, that is like having an ERA of, of two because that, that league was crazy and that ballpark in particular was really mm. geared towards offense. Um, you know, again, command isn't perfect, but um, it's, it's much improved. His fastball um, velocity is kind of end of the game quality. He's got a, a swing and miss breaking ball. Um, I was a little surprised we didn't see more of him in camp maybe, but um, you know, he, he's someone that I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see midseason. And, you know, with Brian Howard, I mean, I think um, it depends on what they, uh, how they're going to use him. Um, you know, is he going to be a starter or a reliever? Um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely someone who needs triple A time. He didn't get, he got, I think two starts there in 2019. Um, but, you know, he's all obviously at that height and with his ability, he was throwing in short stints up to 95 um, in instructional leagues. So, um, you know, he's, he's a very intriguing guy, sort of, um, you know, somebody who can go either direction, I think. Okay, nice. Um, I, I, mean, I was intrigued by those three guys. There was like other pitchers that I was like, ooh, keeping an eye on them. Uh, Nick Turley was definitely one of those. I'm like, if he can figure something out, the, the A's saw he could be special and uh, he did not. And now he's with the White Sox. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. They, they put him on waivers and I believe I saw he cleared. So he's actually mm -hmm. been outrighted there, um, yeah. but command was a huge issue for him. And I, I don't know without having any minor league options anymore, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for him to stay on, um, you know, any kind of 40 man roster with those sort of command issues. For sure. Um, so this is where we get sad. Um, in a world where Matt Chapman gets traded and Elvis Andrews is still under contract, could you potentially see Nick Allen taking over at third base if in you know next year if it happened sooner rather than later? Um, you know, I hadn't thought of him much ever as a third baseman. Um, you know, I, he, I'm sure he could handle third mm -hmm. base. He's he's played there a, a little bit before. Um, you know, I, I sort of figured if he was ready and um, Andrews was still there as the everyday shortstop, he'd probably be second baseman, mm -hmm. um, you know, more uh, likely than, than third base. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that they've, I mean, I think Logan Davidson probably would be okay. the guy if you were going to pick an heir apparent to Matt Chapman now that they traded Sheldon Noisy. Um, you know, I think he's the guy I would probably spend a lot more time uh, focused on for third base. Um, you know, he, he also is a shortstop and I think actually a pretty decent one as well. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not, he's not 
Nick Allen in terms of um, defensive ability. So if you were going to go with a left side of the infield of the future, you would have Allen at short. And uh, Davison has played a little bit of third base, and he's got the arm for it for sure. Um, and uh, But his offensive game has really improved. He looked great in spring training last year. They liked what they saw from him over the summer. Um, and then, you know, he had a, a fantastic spring. He was in the mini camp, but every time he came over, it seemed like he had two hits. Um, and uh, switch hitter power, you know, he's a guy Bobby Crosby's worked with a lot, um, sort of is similar to Bobby Crosby in a lot of ways, isn't necessarily a guy that maybe is going to hit a lot for average, um, but has plus power for especially a middle infielder. He's got above average speed. He's a switch hitter and a really good athlete defensively. So um, he had that rough little debut with Vermont. And I think that kind of made people forget about him a little bit, but um, I, yeah, I would look at Logan Davidson as your kind of possible heir apparent at third base. And I think, you know, Tyler Soderstrom is somebody who, if they decide the bats moving so much quicker than uh, the glove, you know, could, it could be another one just because um, he had, he, he kind of um, split his time between catching and third base in high school. So he does have some uh, experience there. And again, you know, he's got the arm for it. Um, you know, he could probably both oh, him or Davidson could probably go out and play right field too. But um, I think, you know, both, both of them were guys that maybe you would look at there. Okay. Hey, it's me again. In just one minute, Melissa's going to give us all of her breakout prospects for 2021, so you don't want to miss that. But I also want to tell you guys about our other sponsor for today, and that is Built Bar. They have an amazing tasting protein bar that is built for the health-conscious person. They got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors like banana bread, salted caramel, double chocolate. If you're into double chocolate, that's the one to go for. Toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. I only named like half of their flavors. You have to go to the website to check out all of them. And all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. And all of their bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all of their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who... I, I must say, we are facing each other in our fantasy baseball league right now. I was down two to eight. Now I'm down seven to three. Now who's the veteran fantasy baseball analyst, Scott? It's still him. It's it's still him. And it's because he uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. I'm trying to win this week. He's going for the entire season. That's why he's the best. And you can follow the best by following the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. Make sure that you follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. If you have questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And here it is, my finale with Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. Um, do you, did you get any sense of why the A's were very adamant that they had a traditional reliever for uh, the end of the bullpen here, as opposed to going with, you know, like Cole Irvin, who was a, uh, been obviously Cole Irvin had a great spring training deserves to be in the rotation, but he also has a more experience being in the, uh, in the bullpen. So they could have gone with one of the other two options that they had and then had him. Uh, why was my question? 
instead of uh, the Godin, you mean? In, instead of uh, Godin and uh, Bert Smith, who hadn't Bert looked Smith. great. Yeah, well, you know, Smith, I mean, they loved Bert Smith last season. And I think, you know, I had asked Bob during spring training if he was concerned about Bert's struggles. And, you know, he'd said maybe he wasn't locating quite as, as well, but he was still pitching up in the zone where they really liked that there. Um, they like the length that, that he gives them. So um, I think he probably needed to have a much bigger disaster of a spring to lose his spot. Um, he does have options, though. So, if, you yeah. know, it didn't look good the first couple of times he could go um, back down to, to AAA. But, um, you know, I, I think my sense was that they didn't want to outright say that Jake Beekman was going to be the closer in Trevor Rosenthal's um, absence just so that teams, you know, didn't necessarily couldn't play the, the matchups. But I think the idea of bringing a left-hander like Godin, um, as opposed to say having Dalton Jeffries as that reliever is in part because they wanted to have two lefties that weren't a closer and they, you know, were going to lose deep into that role, uh, while Rosenthal was there. So, you know, that was probably where they, where they, where they liked it. I think Irvin's command, um, in spring was better than both Jeffries and Pucks. And I think ultimately that's probably what they saw most. I don't think they expect to need him for more than a start or two. And then, you know, then the decision will be, do you keep Cole Irvin as um, a starter and send him back to, you know, AAA slash alt site to keep his innings up? Or do you move him into the role that Godin is now and then, you know, either um, designate him for assignment or send him back down to AAA? Um, so I think there's, the, I don't, I don't think any permanent decisions have been made, but, um, you know, if they like the matchup that they think Cole Irvin's going to give them against, you know, the Astros in this series, that alone might've been enough to make that decision. Mm. Um, and, and in terms of AJ Puck, I think, you know, Bob Melvin said yesterday that really they wanted to have a consistent idea of when he was going to be pitching. And if he wasn't going to be starting, like having him as a reliever, you know, you can't control when you're going to have a reliever in a big league game. So having him in the alt site means no matter how many innings or pitches they are going to allow him to have, they know exactly when it's going to be. Um, and, you know, give him a chance to just get that feeling. I mean, you know, in his last spring start, it looked like the command was starting to come around again, but give them a few more of those to build off of. And then you can kind of decide from there what you're going to do. So I think we'll see all three of them a decent amount. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This year anyway, so I had a hard time choosing a favorite the entire time. Cause you know, yeah. Cole Irvin would start and I'm like, Ooh, he's the guy. And then Dalton Jeffries would, you know, be right there with him. I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's him now. I don't know. Uh, Cole Irvin was on the show. So I was always a little bit impartial towards him just because, uh, you know, he yeah. talked to me for like an hour he's, and I was he, like, yeah, he's sure. Like a terrific guy. Yeah. No, I, I think it, 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 it seems like a great teammate, you know, kind of cheering everybody along. So yeah. I think he'll fit the culture really well. Um, and it was interesting with Jeffries and that, you know, he led the whole team in strikeouts. Uh, you don't think of him as a strikeout pitcher necessarily, um, but he led them in strikeouts, but his uh, walk rate was up a little bit and he gave up a couple of home runs, which is unusual for him. So, um, you know, there, there may just be something that they want to tinker with a little bit with him, but I, I think, you know, you, in terms of long-term projections, I was really impressed with what we saw from his stuff this spring. Um, and I think long-term, you know, he's a guy that I think you're going to see in the rotation, uh, not just as a fifth starter, but, you know, somewhere in the middle of that rotation moving forward, um, you know, once they kind of get, get whatever they want to get worked out with him worked, worked out. So um, I think you should be, you know, pretty excited about, you know, how it went for him this spring. So I'm going to get you out of here on this one. Um, who are some breakout picks of yours for 2021? It could be big leagues. It could be in the minor leagues. Who's going to put themselves in the, uh, in the minds of A's fans. Yeah. I mean, um, 
that, you know, it's always a tough one, especially when you haven't seen any, most of them for more than a year. Um, I mean, I think, you know, again, I'm going to go back to, you know, Logan Davidson was a guy that I was pegging as a breakout guy last spring. So uh, since he looked just as good this spring as he did last spring, I'm going to stick with it. Um, you know, I, I really liked what Nick Allen did the second half of spring training offensively, you know, his defense looked good the whole time, but, um, he sort of seemed to get back to like the right field line drive approach that had worked so well for him in Stockton. And I think, uh, you know, the two of them are going to really do a nice job. I'm really excited to see what Tyler Soderstrom can do, um, in a full season of minor league baseball from a hitting perspective. I'm not sure the A's have had a, a high ceiling, a high school, you know, draft pick prospect like that in a really, really, I mean, maybe since Ben Grieve, you know, yeah. I think like that, that kind of, um, it's been a long time. So, um, you know, I think he's, he's going to be really fun to watch. Um, you know, it's harder to know from the pitchers who to sort of, um, you know, the ones that weren't there. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, we've just talked about Jeffries. Um, I think James Capellian, um, is a guy that, uh, you know, I, it was really interesting to see how that arm slot changed slightly last year. Um, the stuff is up again. I don't know if he slots in as a starter or a reliever, but I mean, I could see him kind of coming in and maybe being that sort of 2018 Lou Trevino type reliever, you know, that um, nobody was really counting on. And then, you know, that arm slot comes in that hitters are uncomfortable with, and he's throwing 96 and he's got, you know, three really good secondary pitches that can kind of mess with hitters heads. So um, I'm, you know, I'm really, you know, he's healthy um, and has always been talented. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do this year. I, I love all those la- those names. I'm very excited to watch some more baseball. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Is there anything that you want to plug? Socials or uh, don't doesn't the athletic have a one dollar deal right now or something like that? Yeah, I think and actually, um, I think it goes through April sixth. I'm looking at the calendar here, but yeah, I think I think through April sixth you can sign up um, if you're not a subscriber now and try us out for a dollar a month um, for a full year, which is a pretty good deal. Um, just save on coffee and you know you, for one <laughs> coffee a month you can basically not even for half a coffee. Um, you can have access to a lot of really great stuff. So um, definitely check that out. Um, I'm at Melissa Lockard. It's L-O-C-K-A-R-D. I know that everybody usually wants to put an H or a T in there, but um, that's that's where I am on Twitter. But um, yeah, follow all of our writers on, on The Athletic. Athletic MLB has got great stuff every day. I was up till I don't know, 1 a.m. last night you know, editing all of our opening day copy, and there was some fantastic stories about all the teams. So uh, highly, highly recommend it. How much is your coffee? Mine's like five and a half bucks. So for two I, coffees I, I, a I'm year. I'm thinking of like my donut, you know, I, I go down to, I live in Lafayette. So I, I'm going to plug Johnny's Donuts because like, you know, <laughs> if you're going to come to Lafayette, you got to have it. And, and the coffee there is like a dollar twenty-five. So gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are not appealing to our Starbucks crowd. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm usually make coffee at home. So yeah. Yeah, so do I. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for taking the time out. Uh, I look forward to reading more of your stuff and promoting it and all that. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Jason. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. And that concludes my discussion with Melissa Lockard. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you do, please. But that is it for me today. On Monday, I have a conversation with Millard Thomas of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast coming up because we got a two-game series with the Diamondbacks coming up. And uh, who knows better than the, the host of that show? I'm going to find out more. I'm going to impart that knowledge with you guys. We're going to learn together. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to tune in on Monday for that. Uh, so until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times. Oakland, keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you soon. Mm-hmm.